Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. I am ecstatic to share this week's episode with all of you. I've been posting about it for the last couple weeks, and I can feel the excitement from all of you from here. This week, I am honored to welcome none other than the amazing Sierra Rubin on what it means to actually thrive as an empath. Now, I'm guessing that if you click this episode, it's because you do resonate with the term empath. And they say that the trademark of an empath is someone that feels and absorbs other people's emotions because of their high sensitivity. So it's said that empaths filter the world through their intuition, and they may have a hard time intellectualizing their feelings or even differentiating what emotions are theirs and what they're picking up from other people. No surprise, many of you here in the Goddess Ceremony community resonate with the term empath and would call yourself an empath. So this episode is so incredibly life-changing. If you're not familiar with Sierra, she's a lifelong empath and intuitive life and business coach for empaths specifically. She helps women heal their inner child, create authentic spiritual brands that sell, and she does all this through her one-on-one coaching and her new course, Ignite Your Spiritual Biz. In this episode, we talked about what an empath really is and what things would tell you you are an empath, the biggest misconceptions about being an empath. We talked about thriving as an empath in business, since this is her area of expertise and how many of us have gotten like a rude comment before on a post or a really snarky DM and it like destroys us for days. Yeah, hi, that used to be (laughs) my experience. We talk about how empaths can create healthy boundaries, the best tools for highly sensitive people, and we also went through all of the questions that you asked me on Instagram and Facebook about being an empath, so we answer all of those at the end. This is truly one of the best interviews I have ever done, and I cannot wait to hear your feedback on what it means to you to be an empath and the tools you gain from this interview. So here is my interview with the amazing Sierra Rubin. Welcome, Sierra, to the Goddess Ceremony podcast. I am so excited you're here. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here and talking with you. Yay. I feel like when we first connected, at least I felt like we had this soul sister connection where I was like, I feel like I know you better than maybe I really do. (laughs) Totally. There's totally some parallel life stuff going on. Yeah, definitely. So thank you for being here. And I've been so intrigued by your work since you serve empaths and you teach empaths and highly sensitive people how to thrive. And I think historically, those of us that resonate with those terms struggle more so than thrive and often feel like we're trying to catch up or trying to overcompensate to make up for this huge sensitivity. So I'm really intrigued to hear more about your story since I'm sure you had to learn the hard way how to really feel grounded as an empath and how to actually use your wisdom for good in the world. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for, for um, giving me that opportunity. So uh, I have identified as an empath for my whole life and um, my aunt uh, teaches Tantra. And so my mom uh, I think was always kind of uh, open to the idea of, what it is to be an empath or what empaths are and um, accepted that. And so from a very early age, I was told 
Um, you know, we in our family, we're empathic and we um, have a really keen sense on feelings uh, of other people. Um, that was the main the main focus. Uh, you know, we we can sense the vibes and we we have a good sense of people, um, which I which I I do identify with that. Um, as I went further along in my journey, I came to realize that I also just had really really deep feelings myself. Uh, you know, really really um, powerful joy and deep sadness and. Um, just red rage, uh, anger, um, and that a lot of those big emotions, I think, were challenging for my caretakers to handle um, and for um, other people, you know, teachers and, and other figures in my life didn't quite know what to do with me and all of my feelings. Um, and so I, I feel like your your listeners might resonate with this, that I, I received a lot of messaging around, um, you know, don't cry, be quiet. Um, this is too much. Um, that, you know, this is, this is not real. You shouldn't really be feeling all of this, um, kind of, um, discounting or, um, invalidating, uh, those feelings. And so I had a lot of anger, um, around that specifically. So as I grew into being a teenager and, a young adult in college, I had a lot of anger um, and feeling uh, feelings of uh, blame, blame on other people for um, being as miserable as I was and struggling as much as I was. And so it wasn't until my uh, spiritual awakening, I, I mean, you know, it's spiritual awakening is a massive unfolding, but my sort of initial spiritual awakening that I can really pinpoint um, in 2015 that I realized that blaming other people for um, making my sensitivity a weakness was in fact a weakness in itself, that I needed to uh, come out from under that feeling that things had happened to me and start to believe that all of those things happened for me, that uh, you know my sensitivity was something uh, to be embraced, to be admired and loved about myself, that it was, in fact, something that made me more powerful than I was honestly comfortable with at the time and um, start to really take ownership of being an empath. That is so beautiful. And I think that must be the mark of like an embodied empath is when they do transition out of that idea of everything happens to me, to what you just said, everything happens for me, and it's here to help me grow and evolve. But a lot of us struggle to get to that point. You also pointed out something really interesting. I also resonated with your story in terms of having a lot of anger um, at my life circumstances or the way things were, do you think that's a common thing empaths feel? Yes. Yes. Um, because I think as I, as I stated before, you know, we have such a hard time in our culture, in our society of dealing with our emotions. Um, you know, we have all this focus on the physical body, right. Um, movement and, and healthy lifestyle and eating. Um, you know, there's been a, a big focus on mental health coming forward, um, which is amazing and beautiful, so needed. And then of course the, the spiritual community focusing on intuition development and connecting with source and your guides. Um, but many, many times, um, we avoid the emotional body and that is the empath's strong suit, 
Um, you know, and so when we avoid our emotional body or when our emotional body is, you know, avoided or ignored or even shamed as what, you know, when we're children, that can create a lot of anger and a lot of sort of darkness that builds up inside of us because not only are we suppressing uh, our own feelings of anger, we are probably unconsciously taking on um, the anger and, and fear of other people as well. I think every empath in the world is shaking their head <laughs> right now, feeling so seen and like, yes, that's exactly what I felt. Okay, so break it down for us. What is the actual definition of an empath and what would be the qualifying things that would mean someone's an empath? Yes. So um, an empath is is someone who is profoundly clairsentient. So this is someone who uh, feels deeply within themselves, their own emotions, and they also can uh, have a, an, an innate sense of the feelings of other people. So that's sort of the definition. Clairsentience is an intuitive sense that is clear feeling. Um, this is one of our intuitive senses that is actually felt in the body, felt embodied. And, and um, you know, some, some empaths can even feel physical sensations in relationship to their feelings. Um, we all have physical sensations in relationship to our feelings, but we're not all um, fully in our bodies to be able to connect to those. Um, so that would be sort of a definition. And then um, some characteristics or some things that you can look for would be um, moving through the world, uh, following their feelings or in a, in a way that puts the world through the lens of feeling. So they might say things like uh, in, in regular conversation, like I feel um, this way instead of, instead of, I think they might say, well, I feel this, or this feels like this. Um, they might also have a really hard time saying no to people because they have that sensitivity to other people's feelings, as I mentioned. So, um, empaths can really feel other people's pain, um, and they don't want people to be in pain. Um, so they want to say yes, and they want to help, um, you know, but they often do that um, in excess and, and to, to, to the detriment of their own well-being. So it's just, it's really hard for them to say no, uh, especially when someone's asking for help. Um, empaths uh, will probably feel sensitive not only to feelings and energy, but they will probably have some sensitivities to different foods or um, different uh, medications. Or I know for me personally, um, I can't take a whole lot of medication and um, I don't drink alcohol anymore. And I, I uh, as, as I developed my sensitivity, um, these little food sensitivities grew bigger and bigger. So it was a, a bigger and bigger call to honor that sensitivity. So um, those would be some signs. Also, um, if you have been in any relationships, uh, I know I have been, um, with people who needed, who needed fixing, um, fixer-uppers, as you could call them. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Empaths do tend to get into relationship dynamics with um, either people who have narcissistic uh, personality traits or um, people who just have um, addictive uh, diseases or behaviors um, because they're so good at helping. They're so good at helping um, other people that they often forget to help themselves. Wow. I feel like I'm just checking the boxes right now. Like, yep, yep. 
Oh my gosh. But I want to be really honest with you here. When I first realized that I was an empath and a really sensitive person, um, I guess when I found the term empath, I finally felt like it's not just me. There's other people that also feel like little things can really disturb their peace. I think I kind of felt limited by it. And like I had an excuse as to why I couldn't do certain things. So for example, in my mind, it was like, well, obviously I can't do public speaking because I'm an empath or obviously I can't do this. Um, because of this. Like I, I used it as a crutch, honestly. So how do we go out from the stressed out empath who maybe sees it as a limitation to the embodied empath? Mm, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that with me um, and for your authenticity there. Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, there's, so there's a couple of things. Um, number one, I think we could, you, you could use anything as a crutch. You know, I, I think you could use um, you know, a disease that you have or had or abuse that you experienced um, as a child or, um, you know, being a starseed or something. Um, you can use any label or any um, form of identity as an excuse um, if, if that's where you are coming from, right? And so a lot of that is linked to um, lingering victim mentality. Um, and that comes from feeling victimized or having been actually victimized, um, in your childhood, most, uh, that's where it started. And then, um, perhaps in other relationships and situations. So, um, there's a few things that you would need to do. Number one, um, would be to start to release, um, that victim mentality and, uh, I know that you were going to uh, maybe ask me something about like a misconception uh, about empaths, um, but this is this is so related. So the first step would be to um, stop practicing spiritual protection. And that is like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so many people teach, um, you know, very influential spiritual teachers, um, gurus, uh, they teach um, to practice spiritual protection. Um, people proliferate these ideas of, you know, car the, carrying these spiritual protection crystals and doing the meditations or the spells or the, you know, whatever um, to protect yourself, right? Keep yourself in the bubble and, and uh, all that. But I want to zero in on two points here that illustrate um, that that is actually false. So number one would be uh, unity consciousness, right? So this idea that we are one. Yes. So uh, we love that in the spiritual community. We love to say it because it feels good. It resonates. And um, we are one. Yes, absolutely. Um, but what does it actually mean to be one? with everyone and everything, right? So at one level of dimensionality, we are one with the people we love. We are one with the people that we loathe. We are one with the people we agree with and we are one with the people we disagree with. We are one with the people we feel we are that who are good and we are one with the people we feel are evil. And so if we are one is ultimate universal truth, when we are practicing spiritual protection, who or what are we really protecting ourselves from? Mm. So that's first. And then second is the law of attraction, right? So 
what you are is what you attract. The vibration that you emit is what you receive. So if you are practicing spiritual protection, you are, you are in, in essence, telling the universe that you need to be protected from things, that there are things that you need to be protected from. And so the universe will naturally, uh, in response to your vibration, manifest things that you need protection from because you are telling the universe that you need protection. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. So you'll continue to see that validated in your reality, uh, the, the, you know, people attacking you, whether it's, you know, verbally, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, um, having things stolen from you, um, you know, you will continue to experience this attack so long as you believe that you can be attacked. So long as you believe that you need to be protected, um, you'll manifest things that you need to protect yourself from. So um, that is first and foremost something that is holding all empaths back um, and is reinforcing that victim mentality. Um, and it, it has to stop. I'm kind of just speechless right now because it's so different to what we hear about, but I also feel like your wisdom right now is more pertinent than ever. Um, as you talked about this idea of being one and that's being one with those that we love and those that we don't necessarily resonate with and getting out of the victim mentality and stepping more into that idea of what is this teaching me? So good. Okay. Well, then on that note, what is the greatest misconception you'd say that the average person would have about being an empath? Well, besides not needing spiritual protection, (laughs) (laughs) um, that the world is safe, that the safest place to be is truly where you are, that that the world is a safe place, that yes, there is darkness. Yes, these things, these terrible things that we're starting to become aware of, they really are happening in the physical reality. And yet, they are also reflections of the darkness that is already existing within you that needs to be forgiven, that needs to be healed. There are horrific things about humanity um, that need to be forgiven. And it's not that you need to condone it, you know, but it's like, you yeah. know, look at your own life. Where are the thing? Where are the things that, that you don't like about yourself? Where, what are the ways in, in your life uh, where you are giving away your power? Where are the, the ways in your life where you are afraid of your own power? Um, you know, and how, and how is that manifesting? Uh, you know, it, the misconception is, is that um, to be safe, you have to protect yourself, but protection is a verb. It is something that you do. Safe is, is something that you are. It is a state of being. Oh, that's so good. I like that. So when it comes to business, I imagine a lot of empaths go into business because what do we do? Like you said, we want to be the fixers. We want to be the healers. We want to help people. We have this genuine uh, inner drive or cause to do good in the world. What probably the most beautiful part of being an empath. But I imagine many empaths really struggle in business, in the online space, with social media. So, what would you say is some of the most important things an empath could remember in terms of healthy boundaries and being a leader without letting all the negativity destroy it for them? Yes. Um, so, two things. Three things. So, um, you know, first of all, as you mentioned, boundaries. So 
um, you know, and also a level of spiritual self-care. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive into the boundaries first, since we were just talking about spiritual protection, because um, you might think, oh, well, what's the difference between spiritual protection and, and boundaries? Isn't that kind of the same thing? Um, no, it's not. It's a totally different energy. So when you're practicing spiritual protection, you are literally, you're drawing lines around yourself and you're, and you're saying, I'm, I'm in here and I'm safe in here and you're out there and you can't get me, right? But when you're drawing a boundary, you are standing in your power and you're saying, this is how I am teaching you to treat me. And if you don't resonate with that, then we are either going to lessen the amount of contact that we have or cut it off completely. Mm -hmm. So which one has a more empowered feeling energy and which one has a, a, a more victim type feel to it? So boundaries is, is like that. And there are many ways to set boundaries, right? We could do like a whole podcast on that. But um, to suffice it to say, setting boundaries is really, really important. Setting boundaries with yourself, setting, um, you know, time limits on yourself. I know I have to do this with Instagram, um, you know, time limits on different apps on your phones, turning off the notifications of for all social media on your phone, setting certain times of the day that you check your email and your, your social apps, setting certain times of the day where you are responding to comments um, and, and things of that nature. And when it comes to, um, you know, business, uh, taking a day or a few hours to process whether or not a, a collaboration would feel good to you before saying yes, um, you know, those are the types of boundaries that are really going to help, um, you know, self and then self-care. So like a spiritual level of self-care is what's required for the empath. And now we empaths, we're so used to taking care of other people and it can be quite a process um, to learn how to take care of ourselves, to even feel worthy of that level of taking care of ourselves, eating healthy, moving our body, um, you know, using salt soap. Salt, salt soap is really an important tool because salt is cleansing and purifying not only for the aura, but also for the physical body. So it's a great way to wash the energy of the day off, if you will. Um, you know, so on that physical level and then, you know, for a mental level, meditation um, at the emotional level, doing the shadow work, processing unfelt feelings, um, you know, on the spiritual level, connecting and developing your intuition. And, you know, a lot of empaths, at least I did in the beginning, look at all of that and you're like, um, that's a lot of work, uh, you know, and yes, it is. And you are worth all of it and more, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so, so boundaries, spiritual level of self-care, and then also set yourself up a system. Okay. So if you're an empath in business, you know, don't just dabble in one platform for a minute and then the next week go on to another platform and then, you know, kind of take a few weeks off because you're feeling a little burnt out. You've got to set up a system for yourself uh, where you are getting used to um, being consistent in your actions and being realistic with what you can do uh, with your time that you have available to you for your business. For example, uh, I'm a mom uh, and I only have two days a week um, two full days a week to work on my business. Uh, and I'm able to really move the needle because I have a system in place and I know what my niche is and I know what platforms are best for me. And I'm not getting shiny object syndrome. I'm not going on TikTok. 
Okay. I'm just saying it. I'm not. <laughs> no one blames you. It's fine. <laughs> it looks really fun. Um, but it's not for me right now. Um, so yeah, so setting yourself up a system that you can follow and, and batching your content as much as possible so that when you have those days where you're like all in your feelings and there's stuff going on in the world, um, that you have that white space, that you have that space to process and to not have to, um, be going pedal to the metal. Um, in addition with, of course, uh, syncing with your cycle. (laughs) Just have to add that in there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not gonna that's your thing your expertise but (laughs) oh well I obviously completely agree those tips were so valuable and I really like the idea of structure Um, as you were saying it I I started to think of some of my clients and even myself in the beginning of business and I think I had like the squirrel syndrome or like you said it better the shiny object syndrome where you don't give anything enough effort or time to see the results you're just hopping around constantly Here's another question for you. Do you think empaths are more likely to really struggle with imposter syndrome or feel like they question their worth or their ability to do things? I think it's possible, um, you know, because I truly believe that the the bigger the purpose, the bigger the fear at times. Uh, when, when I was first getting the intuitive inclination and even, um, you know, requests from my community to start to teach what I have learned in the past five years of being an online business. Um, I was like, who the heck am I to be talking about this? You know, so I was, I was not only feeling my own fears and my own upper limit, um, you know, fears, but I also could feel um, the fears of other people around me, you know, so the well-meaning shoulds and, and the well-meaning, uh, fears of of other people projecting um, onto me, so it can be it can be um, a little bit harder because of that. Mm-hmm. For sure, I really resonate with that. For people that feel like they're just a sensitive human, or maybe they do resonate with the term empath, what are some of the best tools that you feel would serve anyone that resonates with those terms? Yes. So, first and foremost. Um, the affirmation, the safest place to be is where you are, or the safest place to be is where I am. To start to become comfortable bringing all of your magic, all of your soul fully into your body as much as you can and allowing yourself to feel and process your feelings. As I said uh, near the beginning, um, you know, feelings can be messy. And that's why we don't touch them a lot of the time. Um, But if you are only focusing on your mental health, your spiritual health, and your bodily health, um, there's there's a missing piece there. And you're not going to fully express yourself out in the world because you need to um, make more space. You could think of it in a a way like a, a container that is is full of you know, dark matter and then, and then light. So the more you've processed your emotions or, or do shadow work, as I call it, um, you are witnessing the darkness within yourself and in the witnessing of it, right? You're shining a light on it. And so it transmutes, it transforms, it alchemizes and allows for more of your soul to fit within that container, that vessel, um, that is your body. So 
the safest place to be is where you are. It is safe to fully feel all of your feelings in your body, um, you know, and doing that shadow work to make that possible. Um, so that would be, um, that would be uh, the the method. Now the actual practical, like, okay, well, okay, Sierra, how do I actually do that? Um, you know, would be a couple of ways. So I believe that as well as we are spiritual beings, right? First and foremost, um, we are also physical beings. So the only ways to fully and completely and permanently process your feelings are physically. So that would be in a few ways. Number one, you could journal it. So journal about how you're feeling. Are you feeling a little disconnected, a little disconcerted from your actual feelings because you were taught to, to do so? Literally write in your journal, how am I feeling right now? And write about it. So journaling is a really good way to physically get it out on paper. Um, you know, vocalizing. So that could be either speaking aloud. So you could, um, you know, read uh, what you wrote aloud. You could write a letter to someone who's wronged you um, that you don't intend to send and then read that letter aloud to yourself. That will help you um, process. You can sing. That's what, that's one of my favorite ways to process. Um, a vocal sound healing. You could sing a song that really gets you in the heartstrings and helps you to process something, resonates with an experience that you had. Um, you can sweat. Uh, yes, as long as you are uh, in setting the intention and focusing on that specific trauma, uh, you can uh, sweat. Uh, and then the quickest um, most permanent and powerful way I have found to uh, process feelings as an empath is through crying, uh, is through your tears. Um, we all know how good it feels after a good cry. Um, <laughs> mm. And that's no accident. You're, you're doing real powerful work uh, every time you let yourself go to that place. Beautifully said. Wow. Those are, those are million dollar tools <laughs> right there. Uh, okay so to switch gears just a little bit I asked on my Instagram what everyone's biggest questions were about being an empath and so I selected five that I felt like were really really pertinent so we're gonna rapid fire them here are you ready let's do it <laughs> so number one I saw this one multiple times and that is why are boundaries so hard as an empath because we not only want people to love us, we want, you want people to know how valuable you are. You want the people in your life to understand just how valuable it is to have someone who is emotionally available, no matter what you've been through, the trauma, no matter how disconnected you are, your, you know, 75% feels like 110% to some people. Um, and you want and you want them to know that, you know, because you have this, this fear that if they don't know your value, that they will abandon you. Mm. Because maybe that's what you've experienced. Mm -hmm. Whew, that resonated. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Um, another really good one was, how do you best protect yourself from abusive people in your life? Mm. Ask yourself why you're allowing them to be in your life. Mm -hmm. No matter who they are, you know, if they're a, a, a partner, I think you know, you've probably known for a long time that the writing is on the wall. Um, if it's a family member, that's difficult. 
and can take time. It can be a process of starting to pull back contact, a process of you doubting yourself and saying, well, it's, it's not really that bad. You know, it's, it's fine. It's just, it's my mom. That's just the way she is, you know? Right. Um, but even family members, you don't deserve to be treated in a way that makes you feel lesser than, and you are teaching people how to treat you. And when you begin to teach them a different way, it will be a, you'll be rocking the boat. It will be a process that they and you are not comfortable with, but you will feel so much better and so much lighter when you start drawing those boundaries and you start to understand that you don't need their validation to know that you are valuable. Amen. That was beautifully said. (laughs) Thank you. Another really good one I saw is how can an empath function in a healthy way without shutting down their emotions entirely? Mm. Feel them. There's a quote that I saw once uh, and it's like a anonymous. I, I don't know who, who said it, but um, the quote is pain travels through families until someone is brave enough or willing to feel it. Mm. And Many times the fear of what it will be like to feel your feelings is worse than actually feeling them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's gotten to a point where I literally, you know, I, I will have, you know, moments where I'm processing and I'm trying, I'm really, it really takes work, you know, to get myself there to that point where I will cry and I will release those stuck emotions. You know, when you're crying, you are literally, you vibrate. I don't know if you, if you know, you might not notice that, but start to notice when you cry, your body is actually vibrating. You are actually vibrating those feelings up and out of your field. It's so, it's so powerful and it's, it's so needed. It really makes me think of this study that I heard about where they wanted to see if people are more likely to move towards pleasure or away from pain. And I thought people would move more towards pleasure. But what they found by a landslide is that people will do anything to avoid pain. That's the biggest like program of, a, of the human consciousness. And so I love that quote that you shared in that that pain is there until someone is ready to do it, ready to get messy and just be in it. Yes. I mean, and we as, uh, you know, I don't know if you resonate with the term light worker. Um, you know, I do, but you know, even as just as an empath, you, we have the ability to, to process these things. And it's not like we're having, we don't, we don't have to feel like we're taking the world on our shoulders. It's not like we have to feel like, Oh, I need to process everybody else's pain. Like that's my job, you know? Um, no, like processing just your own pain is enough because, you know, what you're seeing reflected in the world is, is what is what's going on within you. So um, you know, it's, it's, it's an ability that you have and it's a responsibility that you have to clear your ancestral line, to uh, not repeat and project your pain onto your children or onto the children that are in your life um, if you don't uh, resonate with having children in this life. Um, and it, it's really gotten to a point um, where I've done enough of this work and I've done enough of digging in and, and, and following the pain down to where it is, where it needs to be seen that 
um, you know, I'll be in the middle of, of crying and, 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 and raging and expressing. And it, it just, this, this, I, I don't know what to call it. Just this cloud of light just comes into, it's almost like into my, my brainstem and it's just this expansiveness and this lightness. And I just, I, I then almost start weeping from gratitude. Like I just start thanking my guides. I start thanking God and my soul for a for it's a, it's a healing. I'm receiving a healing. I'm receiving an activation, you know, from the divine. And, you know, it's not, it's no longer just about, you know, me crying in a corner. It's a, it's a divine process of alchemy that I am honored to be part of. On that same notes, someone asked about parenthood and being an empath. How does one fuse those two things together? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm a mom. So I, as I, I think I mentioned that. So I have a, a two and a half year old son. And um, so he is, you know, in the, the toddler phase is all about exploring emotions and he feels things so deeply and, you know, having having to set those boundaries with him and then having to hold space for him if he's processing any emotions in relation to me setting those boundaries. Um, it's a really, um, initi- it's an initiation for, for certain uh, parenthood is and motherhood specifically. But I think what's really helped me is age appropriately being honest with him. Um, you know, there are many times when uh, I'm, you know, not proud to say this, but that I've, I've lost my cool and I've yelled or screamed or, you know, and I even, uh, you know, because I've done so much inner work, like in the moment when it's happening, I know, I know that it's my inner child that is struggling and that it's not about him. You know, he's just acting his age and, and I'm responding in a way that it doesn't really match the situation. And, and so being honest with him as age appropriately as possible. So like I said, he's two and a half. So there have been times when I've literally, I've screamed and, 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 you know, acted in a, in a way emotionally that I'm not proud of. And then I take a few moments and I breathe and I just say to, I just say to him, you know, mommy has boo-boos on the inside and it's not your fault. I think the ability for an adult to be honest with a child like that is something we don't see enough in our culture. And I, I really admire you for doing that. Thanks. It's, um, it, you know, it's not, it's not easy. And I, 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 you know, go through debt, my, my own, you know, shame spirals every now and again and wishing I could be better. But I, I know that at the end of the day, I'm, all I can do is, learn to love myself as well as I can you know our children always do as we do not what we say and so if I can show him honesty and show him you know true compassion for himself but also myself then then that's what he's going to learn you know because the more I learn to love myself the more he knows that that is what is possible that that is what is should be the norm for people mm-hmm. um, is to love and accept and embrace themselves. Um, you know, so that's, that's what I work on. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, thank you <laughs> for paving a new, a new way of, of raising our children and for instilling these beliefs and these practices in him as well. 
Thank you. Me and many others. Mm, Yes, it's changing. The last question is someone asked, how do I explain that I function just a little bit differently as an empath to my friends and my family? Okay, so this might seem like a like a counterintuitive, but you don't have to explain it. You can emit your frequency and own your sensitivity, and it doesn't mean that you have to explain yourself or apologize for being the way that you are, even if other people have a hard time with it or don't understand it, mostly because you are reflecting to them, you know, something that is possible, a level of sensitivity, a level, a level of being in tune with the vibrations of the planet, being in tune with what it actually is to be fully human, the fullness of the human experience. You're mirroring that to them and it's very intense and it can be blinding your light can be blinding to them uh, as a mirror. But that doesn't mean that you have to make an excuse for it or that you have to apologize for it or that you have to explain it. Um, You know, just like they say, you know, no is a full sentence. The same same logic applies. Uh, You know, if people are, are asking you about it or asking you why you don't eat a certain thing, you don't have to say, oh, because I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm so sensitive and I'm an empath and, and I just can't. You can just say, you know, I've, I, my, I don't resonate with that. I'm, I've chosen to liberate myself from that. I realized that it was making me feel really badly and um, I don't do it anymore. And um, that might make people uncomfortable because when you start to illustrate what you will and won't accept, it starts to make people question what they are or aren't accepting. Hmm. And uh, that's that's the answer that came through for that. That was so good. <laughs> it's like radical responsibility and honesty at the same time. This has been such a, a life-changing conversation, really. I knew from the moment that I first met with you that you were so gifted and so in tune, not only to the work you do, but to this world and the worlds beyond <laughs> and everything. Um, and I feel like as an empath, this conversation has given me new tools and awareness um, so that I can continue to use this for the greatest good rather than be limited by it. So I want to thank you genuinely um, for sharing your wisdom so unapologetically and for also changing the way that we think about empaths in this world. Life-changing. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, thank you. That That's that's really honoring. And, and um, I'm a, little, I'm a little speechless myself. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I can't, I, I just have things to share and, and they don't, I don't know where they come from. They don't come from me per se. They, they come from my higher self. They come from, you know, my soul. They come from my galactic guides. It doesn't really matter who it is, but, um, I just am allowing what, is coming through me to then be framed by my life experience and then just come out of my mouth. So, um, you know, thank you. And it's been, it's such an honor to, to be here on this podcast. It really illustrates for me, um, on an energetic and spiritual level, how far I've come. Mm. Um, the fact that you asked me to, to have this conversation with you, um, you know, someone who I really admire and, and look up to, um, in a business sense. Um, you know, so, I just want to thank you for that 
validation um, that you didn't necessarily know you were giving me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Mm. Yes, my pleasure. Genuinely. Sierra, where can everyone find you, connect with you, stalk you online, all the things? I mean, if you if you if you're feeling me, I mean, <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I hang out a couple of places. Of course, I have my website, sierrarubin.com. Um, but socially, I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram at Sierra M. Rubin. That's C-I-A-R-A-M as in magic, R-U-B-I-N on Instagram. And if you go follow me on Instagram, you'll find I have a quiz there that's really, really fun that you can take um, where you can find out uh, which spiritual business type you are. Um, so there's four spiritual business types that uh, archetypes that I've found within myself and the clients that I've worked with. Um, so it's really, really fun, short quiz. You can go take it um, on my Instagram. And then I also um, produce weekly videos uh, on YouTube. So all about spirituality. I have a whole video about spiritual protection um, and all sorts of uh, intuitive business strategy videos that are coming um, in the coming weeks that I'm really excited about to, and to share. Um, so definitely go subscribe over there and leave me a comment so that I can engage with you. Amazing. Thank you again so much for joining us on the podcast. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Me too. Thank you for joining us, beautiful friend. Please share the love with a five-star review, text the episode to a friend, and connect with me on Instagram at Goddess Ceremony. Until next time.